Welcome to The Points. This is the show designed to help educate, entertain, and empower you on how to use your travel rewards, credit card points, frequent flyer and hotel points, or whatever it may be to help you get on the way to your next getaway. I'm your host, Joe Northern, and today we're going to talk about how to get started in earning your points and miles. Now, getting started can definitely seem confusing at first because, again, there's so many airline programs that are out there, so many credit card issuers, so many hotel chains that you could look at that it's really hard to make sense of it all and just try to figure out where do I want to go, Who? what's going to give me the best value, and how am I going to get that best value. It can be tricky from time to time. So, at least in this episode, we want to try to at least lay the foundation to at least try to set you in the right way for whichever program or really which method of spending may help you accomplish those goals. Now, we're not going to review every single program today. That's going to be individual episodes that, that we'll be releasing over time to at least get you on board of which programs have which airline partners you could transfer your points to, which ones offer the best redemption rates. There's just so much, again, that I know we won't be able to cover this all in one episode, but at least to kind of get you started on laying up a, a kind of a foundation on where is going to make the most sense for you and annual fees on how much you may need to spend. Those things, at least, we're going to try to answer some of those questions now. But in terms of the individual programs, we won't be talking about all of those today because there would be too much information for you to digest in one episode. So we're going to just talk about, just quite simply, how to get started today. So the first question I would ask yourself is... Quite simply, where do you want to go? Do you want to go somewhere exotic like the Maldives or Fiji or New Zealand? Or do you want to stay somewhere close and domestic like, I don't know, go to Florida, go to San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Toronto, somewhere a little bit closer? Think about where you want to go. If it's a more domestic trip, then it may not be as much as you think in terms of points and miles. Since there's so many different options domestically that you can redeem your points on, it may be closer than you think to do that, or even just hopping in the car, for crying out loud. But also, too, some cities may have more expensive hotels than others. Some cities might have cheaper flights than others. Some cities you may only have to do bed and breakfast at. Even campsites, those are a little bit tricky, or major national park cities, I should say. Those could be tricky to find availability for flights and hotels, too. They can be done, but it can be a little bit tricky on how to get there. So, But it just comes down to that simple question, where do you want to go? I can tell you from my last episode, my initial goal was I wanted to go to Europe for eight weeks the second year I was working as a virtual assistant. And the plan was for me to go abroad, cash in, or really just buy some cheap connecting flights stateside to get to Europe, and then using my points to connect from city to city 
um, every so often and just kind of set up like a home base in London and then use British Airways points to, if I wanted to go to Barcelona for a couple days or if I wanted to take the Eurostar train to go to Paris, Amsterdam, Germany, Ibiza, Italy, etc., I was going to use nothing but those British Airways points to really try to rack those up and be happy and be on my way and live in an Airbnb for two months. But again, those were my goals at age 27. Now my goals at age 30 are still kind of keeping as many points as I can in the tank, but still waiting to have maybe one or two big redemptions a year. I can tell you next year that big redemption is going to be going to the Maldives with my fiance and we redeemed at that or at the time of booking when we did a combination of I want to say 173,600 points between having several AA point American Airlines points stashed in the in the bank and some United Mileage Plus program points stashed in the tank not necessarily maybe because they were the best redemption business class wise but they were the best redemptions point-wise at the time. Now, maybe not so much. Um, I'll explain a little bit more on that when we talk about those programs individually in later dates. But the reason why, really, your dreams and goals may change is because, quite simply, what you may want three years later or three years before in your mid mid to late 20s may be a little bit different than what you want right now. Um, in your 30s, or at least that's in my example. And maybe what what I want later down the road is different than I want now. It's because the needs change. Unfortunately, also, too, points and miles sometimes do change how much they're worth over time. And most of the time, unfortunately, they can be due to devaluations such as 40,000 points today may not get you as far on American Airlines. It can get you a partner reward from anywhere in the United States to the Maldives with a stop in Doha. That's at least what what we've booked. But 40,000 points domestically, due to how American now does variable pricing, may not get you even from St. Louis, Missouri to Miami sometimes. It's trying to find the sweet spots and knowing when to use your points. But again, keeping your travel goals in mind, that's going to be the most important thing to do at first. The next question to ask is, what are the major airports nearby you more than anything? If you're in a large city that is dominated by one carrier, this can be a little bit tricky at times because... Again, if it's dominated by one airline, it may it kind of limits your choices on maybe dividing up if you want to fly with that major carrier or not. Examples include Delta for Atlanta, American Airlines for Dallas Fort Worth, San Francisco or Denver, I should say, for United. Then again, some of those cities may have carriers that do have somewhat of a significant presence to kind of keep at least some of those competing flights low. Denver and Atlanta, prime examples, as they both have a major presence with Southwest Airlines. Las Vegas, another big one, too. That's a big Southwest hub, but they also kind of have to work to compete against with Spirit. LAX, United, Delta, American, everybody's trying to compete for space there. 
So think about really which airports are nearby and see the level of competition that's out there because you could still be able to shop around for a great rate, whether it be in cash or points. And even with some smaller airports too, if you live within, let's say, two hours of two major airports um, like I do currently, you're still kind of able to shop around and see, all right, I can get this flight on Delta for 15,000 points from point A to point B with a connection in Detroit, for example. But if I have another airport that's nearby, in this example for me, Kansas City, and timing is a little bit better, could also be better in cash or points, or really any of this combination of the three, I would look at maybe redeeming my points there or paying to take the flight out of there because it could cost a little bit more in cash, but I'm getting a better value by only redeeming X amount of points or just quite simply the time is better for me. Really utilizing what is around you, whether it be you live within driving distance of some major airports or that the competition is high at some of these places, that can really kind of help you shop around to see maybe it's better if I want to have a non-stop and pay a little bit more in points or I don't mind to connect at a major hub despite this airline not having a major presence, but I know it's going to get me to where I need to be and it could be a little bit cheaper in points, could be a little bit cheaper in cash at the end of the day. It's again just really utilizing your resources and knowing where the sweet spots are where you live. And in addition, if you're even in smaller towns that don't have many connecting flights at all, for example, I live in Columbia, Missouri, and we only have American Airlines flights to Dallas and Chicago that, again, those may cost a little bit more in time. But if it's cheaper for me to take a connecting flight to, let's say, a smaller city like Jackson, Jackson Wyoming or Lansing, Michigan, it's cheaper... It's more expensive in cash, but doing the math, am I going to be saving more money by taking a bus or parking for X amount of days rather than utilizing a home airport and pay a little bit more, if not the same, but not paying those ancillary fees too? That's something else to consider from time to time. And if you have a sweet spot in points to redeem in that situation, go for it. It's all about really just trying to find the best value where you live and at what competition and at what price. Or if you want to go to the lounge. But again, another story for another day. And finally, the question that I always ask anyone who's trying to get involved in points and miles, and one question you should ask yourself too is just, what is in your wallet right now? You may already have a card that's earning points and miles for your next trip, and you may not even realize that on hand. I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I've had this American Express Platinum card for years, but I don't know what to do with the points. I know I can get coupons off, and if you just want to use the coupons, that's fine. But again, taking a look at what's in your wallet can really kind of guide the way and Maybe seeing how much further along you are right now on what is in your points pool as it stands. So taking a look at what's in your wallet may or may not help you. Another example, too, on the opposite side of things is the Chase Freedom or Freedom Flex. That is a popular card that is now starting to get a little more uh, light because of its earning rates on cash back. 
That cash back technically is earned in ultimate rewards points. So technically, you could be earning ultimate rewards points if you pair it with another card, and you may not even realize that yet. So again, take a look at what's in your wallet because you may or may not already have some value that's hanging out there as it stands. So now that you've asked yourself the first three questions again of where do you want to go, where do you currently live or what airports are really nearby you, and what's in your wallet now, it's time to start figuring out, all right, how am I going to get there? And one question along that way is how much are you willing to spend on annual fees? Because while these cards do carry some perks and points and miles, unfortunately, a lot of them do have some annual fees that may scare you off a little bit. They shouldn't, though, because with a lot of the annual fee cards that are out there, you do get some benefits that you may not realize. One example, the American Express Gold Card. It has a $250 annual fee, but every month you get $10 off in Grubhub and you get $10 in Uber Cash on top of that too. So that's $240 right there. You subtract both of those from $250. You have an annual fee of $10 a month. $10 a year, I should say. Another example to take a look at is the Chase Sapphire Preferred. It's one of the most popular travel cards out there because not only of its points, flexibility, and the partners that Chase has, but some of the perks that come along with it too, which have from time to time, it, at one time it included a free Instacart membership for a year. It included 5x points earnings on Lyft. It included a free DoorDash pass for three months as well. And a $50 hotel credit if booked through Chase. So taking some of those things, for example, and what a $95 annual, $95 annual fee would be, you subtract... $50 from that, from the annual hotel credit, and with some of the other credits, you're maybe looking at a card that has so much value for maybe $25 a year. And another example, too, as I mentioned with the Freedom Card, you can pair those two cards together and transfer your points earnings from your Freedom to your Sapphire and have that kind of in your travel bank if you want to redeem those points strictly through Chase or through a partner. So that's another example too. And of course, there are the larger annual fee cards, such as the Capital One Venture X at $395, the American Express Platinum at $695, and the Chase Sapphire Reserve at $550. But again, a lot of those offer credits on those cards, whether they be in the form of a virtual travel credit that comes with it every year, getting TSA pre-check, getting lounge access, and determining that value to you that could either make the annual fee worth it, or really, it's kind of paying you at the end of the day to keep that card. We'll discuss those whenever we get into the program points individually, but the big thing is, is to not really be afraid of those annual fee cards, because at the end of the day, you could be getting a lot more value out of those than you think. Now, keeping those annual fee cards in mind, you also have to think about which cards are going to deliver the most value to you. And the one thing to keep in mind behind that is, what are your spending habits? Do you tend to spend more on groceries? Do you tend to spend more on travel itself? Do you tend to spend more with a specific airline? Do you spend more on utilities? 
Do you spend more on general shopping? Really think about your spending habits more than anything because that could also kind of help guide the way on which card could deliver you the most value. Again, example, dining in supermarkets, the American Express Gold Card, you have 4x points earning back on that. But if you tend to spend a lot on travel in and of itself, then maybe a card like the Sapphire Preferred gets you two points back. If you're spending strictly on airfare and hotels, on those two in general, and you don't want to be tied down to using a portal such um, as Chase offers you, then maybe the City Premier card might be best for you with 3x on all of those back. Not to mention 3x on supermarkets and on dining out too. Again, just think about the spending habits that you have right now and see really what card could deliver you the most value, but also too keeping in mind which transfer partners could deliver the most value to you as well. And finally, the last question I, I want to ask is just, are you wanting to just kind of churn and burn and redeem the points as you go? Or do you want to save up for that large getaway and have it all paid off in points? Again, that's an answer that sometimes you may think one option today and then another option tomorrow. I was kind of in that army of just saving up as much as I can and then redeeming for that one big getaway. But sometimes you may need to have points and miles in the tank if, in case of an emergency or if the previous flight you had booked in cash or on points gets canceled so you have another backup ready to go. I tend to do both. I always want to have like one, ma one major redemption or two a year just because you're not earning those points just to keep them in the tank. It's good to have them as kind of, you know, some insurance in the background, but you got to ball out every once in a while too. But on the other side of that, how can you do that if you're earning one sign-up bonus in three months and then blowing your balance on an economy flight that doesn't make much sense or a business class flight that's maybe an hour and a half? So thinking about, again, do you want to try to continue to earn as many points as you can, or are you just going to redeem, burn, try again? So keeping that in mind, too, because some people do that, and that's completely fine. I'm just kind of in the army of redeeming when you either absolutely have to or saving for that big goal in mind, but also keeping some in the background and in the bank just in case you need them for an emergency. Or if you just want to wake up and be like, I feel like going, I feel like going here today. Let's go. Your taste and your miles may vary and they may change over time. So just keep that in mind too. And finally, the really big important rule of at least trying to get started in points and miles is how much are you willing to spend within your means? Because quite frankly, People get in credit card debt a lot, and they sometimes get in a hole that they can't get out of. And that's not what we're trying to tell you to do here at all. Um, in fact, quite frankly, we're trying to tell you to do the opposite. We want to help you maximize your spending for what you have right now, but not for obviously just blowing your bank account to see if you can get 80,000 points. That's not, that's not what we're trying to do here. But thinking about your spending habits and thinking about spending within your means, that can go a long way at the end of the day. So 
don't overspend yourself and be like, I want to sign up for all these premium cards and then be like, oh, I need to pay the annual fees on these now if I haven't had a chance to utilize the perks on them yet. So again, thinking about that within your means and even before you apply for so many cards, thinking, think about how much are you willing to spend in those annual fees and thinking about the value that you know you're going to get from them constantly. Because some cards may not have a place in your wallet forever and it's more than okay to cancel, but if it's something that is not going to help you right now and may not help you in the future then it may not be worth opening a card that you're only going to cancel three months later. So, again, spend within your means. Spend, think about your spending habits, but just quite simply, don't overspend. So now that we've sat down and talked about really the questions you need to ask yourself and kind of requirements to get you moving on the points and miles journey that you may or may not wish to go on at this point... We're going to talk about, coming up in a next series of episodes, the issuers and the airline programs in detail and in depth. Um, I can tell you with the credit card programs, there are four major ones that are out there right now. Chase, American Express, Capital One, and City. In terms of airline programs, we're going to talk about, we'll talk about American AA Advantage, United Mileage Plus, Delta Sky Miles, JetBlue's, JetBlue's True Blue, Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan, and Southwest Rapid Rewards. Those are at least the first 10 programs that we're going to talk about. But over time, we'll also talk about hotel programs too, like Marriott Bonvoy, Hilton Honors, World of Hyatt. I'm very excited to talk about that one with you. IHG1. So many programs have their individual quirks, and they have their individual or sometimes multiple ties to programs that can help you redeem for the best value. So, very excited to talk about those programs with you in depth as we continue to build out and go on this journey together. If you like what you're hearing right now, you know exactly what to do. Hit that subscribe button below, and if you get a chance to leave a review or a comment, please do so. It helps the channel really grow and help us give you some better content moving forward. So again, thank you so much for listening. Until then, I'll see you on your next trip to the points.